Hi everyone, time for a disclaimer. The information contained in this episode is not intended to be personal financial advice. You should always seek the advice of a professional before making any financial decisions and always do your own research. Let's get into the episode. This is Black Millennial Money. This is Black Millennial Money Boy. This is Black Millennial Money. This is Black Millennial Money, where we talk about how you can make more money, keep more money, invest your money and spend your money on the finer things in life, all from a Black Millennial perspective. And today on the show, I have the Asuquos. But before we get into any of that, you know what I'm going to say? Every week, every week, some of you are watching or listening and you haven't liked, subscribed and shared. Now is the time to do it. Hit that button because we are trying to reach a million people with this value, and you can be part of that journey. If you've got a shred of value from any of the episodes of Black Millennial Money, now is the time to make sure that everyone in your phone book gets this message. And for those of you who want to take it up a level, you can join the BMM family by heading over to our Patreon page and showing us some love over there. So that's the patreon.com forward slash Black Millennial Money or head over to blackmillennialmoney.com and then click the support us on Patreon button at the very top of the page. Now... Without further ado, I need to introduce our guests. And you know, we only have illustrious guests on the show. You've met one half of this, Yukos, but now we've got, we've got the second half, the, 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 the person that makes it really all happen. So we've got Mims and Emmanuel Suko on the show, and they've been together for 11 slash 10 years, depending on who you ask, and married for nine years. They've got four kids, two beautiful boys and two beautiful girls, and they're an entrepreneurial family. So Mimi is Mimi to you cakes and you know what emmanuel does for a living he's the e-man effects he's been on the show a number of times the asukos we are so excited to have you on the show welcome how's it feel to be on black millennial money today um i don't know I, you know i've listened to emmanuel record this so many times so it's i guess it's different to be on the other side of listening to you guys recording this so yeah oh, so you're not excited <laughs> oh, wow oh, wow i'm excited <laughs> I don't get asked to do stuff like this, so this is different for me. <laughs> Emmanuel, how you feeling? Because Mimi's hurt my feelings. I don't, I don't even know what's wrong with this one. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be here always, as always, my bro. Loving to chop it up. I know we're going to add a lot of value to the people. Them, I know Mims is going to bring the perspective. Going to have the banter, so this should be fun, man. Yeah, this is a different kind of episode. So we're talking about spending money, and in particular, when it comes to love money and family just trying to understand how you get there because and manage that process but before we get into all of that we need to get to know you guys a little bit because because we've seen Emmanuel a lot we haven't seen Mimi so much but now is the time to really really try and dig deep so what are the three things we should know about you as a couple and a family um I'm a twin um I've got a twin brother and he is famous or kind of famous I don't know I don't know who he'll say he's famous but he he's famous I guess um he wrote the barbershop chronicles and the three sisters and they were both in the national theater at some point in time does he have a name his name is Inua Inua Elims uh, that's what I'm saying like big Inua but never <laughs> <laughs> I, think he, I think he's gonna give us clues or something we have to guess <laughs> yeah but I saw the barbershop chronicles and three sisters <laughs> okay Inua okay Elims. Okay, what's the second thing before we start beefing? I don't want to break up a happy home tonight. <laughs> what's the second thing? Oh, our marriage proposal. How did we, how did you propose to me, babes? How did I propose to you? Yeah. Um, in the best way ever. Um, <laughs> basically took you took you out to a nice fine dining restaurant because obviously, you know, you had a history of being a cook and so forth. So I, I wanted to um, train into be a professional chef. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let me take you to a banging restaurant, took you to the restaurant. Obviously knowing that, going to the restaurant, you're going to think I'm going to propose. Um, we did... Was it... Hold on, hold on. Let me lay the groundwork. This brother had told me beforehand, maybe like two, three weeks, four weeks, saying, oh, he, don't, he doesn't like proposals in restaurants, that they're too cliche, and that when he proposes to me, I will never expect it, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously when we went to this restaurant... It was really, really nice. I was like, oh, maybe he is going to propose because this is the beautiful setting. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. So, was it 7 or 11? I think I think it was a... It was a mad amount of I think courses. it was actually 11. Like, it was a madness. Like, they were just bringing thing after thing. Obviously, mad small, but 
bare things and then little bits in between and whatever. So yeah. we're doing a meal. This one, I know she's thinking, right, is this man going to... Uh, oh, wait, maybe it's going to come out of one of these trays or something. No, nope, not me. So get to the end, finish, pay the bill. So now I've paid the bill. She's enjoying herself, but she really thinks nothing's going to happen. Told her, yo, look, jump up, let's go. She's got up to go. No, hold on. I got drunk because I got disappointed that nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like no ring. Where's the honey? <laughs> thinking, oh, this brother's not doing this. I got a little bit disappointed. I was like, okay, I might as well just jam my sorrows, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know the drunkard. Um, so I thought a couple of drinks. I didn't even know it was, that, it was touching her that way, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so we've got up. She stood up to get going, put her jacket on like she's going to go. I've obviously got down on one knee. She started walking, realised that she's on her own, looked back, can't see me, looked around, then finally looked down, and there I was down on one knee. And that was the proposal there. Yeah. And I remember running and telling everybody in the restaurant that I had the best night ever. <laughs> <laughs> after, after being angry at him for two hours before, eating 11 courses of Michelin-style dinner. <laughs> and now I know that was because of the alcohol. Who knew? <laughs> Okay, so Mimi's a twin, famous brother who wrote the Barbershop Chronicles. The, the proposal story is actually hilarious. What's the third thing we should know about you guys? We actually complement each other, I think, really well. Like, he loves sports. Obviously, I love cooking. And um, we watch a lot of sports and cooking programs together. Like, I actually liked sports because I knew that that would be the surefire way to gacha man. It worked, so <laughs> I had to keep it up. I actually do love sports, like, I'm actually interested in sports now, and I pretty much watch everything with him. So, yeah, oh, wait, hold on. So, that sounds like a setup. So, you started watching sports to to secure a guy, is that I what you're saying? Guys like sports, and so I was like, if I want to catch a man, I should like sports and know a bit about football. And st- it was mostly football, know a bit about football. So I started watching games and listening to chat and whatnot. And then wow. when he came and he was like really into his football, I didn't mind watching. Like we used to watch games on like my old laptop, like bootleg. And that we'll sit together and just watch games on our laptops and stuff like that. So, yeah. You know, that's how my missus got me now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> like we were all playing PlayStation and stuff. We don't do that no more. Ask me how the last time we watched football. Like, I hardly watch, I ain't got time. Like, I ain't got time like that no more. But at the time, it was nice. We do try and watch maybe some little American football, boxing. Yeah. When, but these are not regular, regular things, like, you know what I mean? But it was nice and it's important. I think what she's saying is she, 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 she understood that, you know, a lot of men like something and she wanted to find something that, you know, can connect. And it's important. I think it's important to connect with, with your, with your, when you're, you know, meeting someone that's yeah. an important thing to do is try and connect on a level that's important to them I was a big Arsenal fan I still am but you know not like how I was before like watch all the games and then watch all you know Arsenal fan TV afterwards because we've lost like I've, I'm not like that anymore but at that time I was and you know we would watch Arsenal together she'd talk about players she you know she wanted to learn the offside rule and she actually then got it and understood it and could explain and she started shouting it's offside I'll be so proud of that. I've taught you so well you know what I mean and it's <laughs> These bonding things that are so important um, and, and the connection other than, you know, the physical or on the kind of, oh, we've got the same goals and so forth. Yeah. No, we just get on. Like, we just enjoy being in each other's company. And I think that's something that's that's really important for all the, you know, singles out there. Yo. That's that's really sweet and all, but I'm sure you watch more Bake Off and MasterChef than you get to watch sports now. <sighs> We're kind of evil pagans, to be fair. Like, oh wow! Okay, okay, okay. So have to watch Master Chef. He do. He does have to watch Master Chef. Australia as well. And Australia, Australia yeah. Chef, Australia. <laughs> Australia, Bake Off, Bake yeah, Off. all of that Sat- Saturday morning kitchen. Yeah, he does. He does watch the Saturday morning kitchen with me as well. So, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you guys. Ah. Oh. Let me chill, let me chill, because I'm getting emotional listening to you guys. So to summarise the three things we should know about you, Mimi, your twin, your brother is doing his thing in the a creative and artistic Barbershop Chronicles world. You are a standout chef yourself with, like, professionally trained. Um, your proposal story was hilarious. Alcohol, Michelin stars, and then, a, and then an engagement at the end of it. Who could ask for more? And then <clears throat> big fans of sport. And cooking shows, which is how you, which is one of the many things you guys bonded on, which is super cool. And already there's probably nuggets and gems in there. If you haven't started 
with your pen and paper in this episode, now is the time. Now is the time. But let's get to the real, real heart of the episode. So this episode is really all about how you spend your money as a couple and as a family. And for those of us who aren't quite there yet, still get the pen and paper out. For those of you who are at the very beginning of it, get the pen and paper out. And for those of you who are a few years in, you might learn a few things that you hadn't spoken about. So let's get real Let's get real personal to start off with. <laughs> I'm getting in your business today. I'm sorry. Uh, um, so when you guys got married and from like a financial perspective, what were your expectations versus the reality of being married and um, where the money and all of that came to play in? Did you have to make any tough choices? Um, I wouldn't say we made any tough choices per se. Like before we got married, we got marriage counselling through our church and we had this amazing couple who literally just broke it down to the like the minute details and things like that so they really helped us and shaped us and guided us before guided us before we got into marriage so we didn't necessarily have any tough choices to make but we were prepared on what we knew we were going to be faced with once we got married yeah I think it's so, so important that the marriage council that we that we got was was a one like they 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 t- told us everything, all the good points, all the bad points, what it's like, you know, children financially, how how they structured their money, what they did with their money, how they how they set up their bank accounts and their finances and who does what, and you know, then we had the discussion in regards to, you know, when we get married, what does that look like? What it, what does it look like? And like now we always talk about you know the systems that we got in place. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it later on, yeah. but you know a lot of our, the foundation of our, of our marriage was based off of, you know, the fact of the knowledge of others. And I think, you know, they always talk about a wise person learns from somebody else's mistakes and so forth. And so for us, we, we it helped us a lot. Yeah. And then also the reason that we chose them was in regards to, you know, how they had the connection they had to our parents as well. Because, you know, African parents be all inner, 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 inner. Do you know what I mean? And so, they they were able they were able to help us master how to to manage the parents how what what we should tell our parents what we shouldn't you know those type of things and how to keep it in and and so forth and it, it's it's really important I think finding the right you know marriage counselling is is really important before you get in there because there's no there's no marriage guidebook you know you can read books and stuff like that but just because it worked for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for you yeah okay okay so. <laughs> you guys did all your homework nice and early, but then somehow you still managed to get married basically in a recession. Yeah. So how so how did what kind of what kind of dynamic because you guys have been married for what nine years now? Yeah. yeah. So this is what 2020. So or basically 2011 when thing where things were still quite yeah kind of tough. tough. How did that affect the early no, days of you guys being together? It really affected me um because you know luckily Miriam had decided that she was going to start her cake business and I was the main breadwinner so you know the pressure wasn't on Miriam to 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 bring money into the house so she could really focus on building up her business and I always talk about you know that was probably one of the best investments I ever did was you know invest in Miriam and in her business uh, because it helped us along the way Um, but what happened to me was that I worked in financial services there were huge changes happening to financial services especially banks um due to what happened in regards to the recession and and everything like that and so i got made redundant and when when i got made redundant that was a big blow because the expectation was is that you know when we got married i'm on this good salary company car company credit card taking care of everything and that you know we i would just carry on climbing the ladder and that's that was the expectation but the reality was made redundant had to get a job paying me a lot less just to find the first job so we could pay some bills and keep a roof over us wife pregnant with the with our um with our first child um it was no had our first child already had our first child yes already had our first child pregnant with our second child yes 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 pregnant with our second child on the way and now you know this pressure is coming and so it was it was the reality and the, and and the expectations were were completely different. But you know, I, one thing I I always tell people, and it's not because we're on here or just to boast, but that Miriam was amazing during that time, um, because obviously as a man, as a as a proud man, a man that's always made money, like I've been making money more than like big adults from young. Do you know what I mean? And so 
to get to a point where now you're you know you're not making you're you're making less than what I, I was making less as a father of one with one on the way than I was when I was 22 in my parents' house. Do you know what I mean? So the hit was a lot. But Miriam never changed. She, her attitude towards me never changed. The way she spoke about me never changed. The way she talked to me never changed. The way she, she reacted to me never changed. And it's, it was so vital and so important to have someone who I knew married me for me and not the money or not the, the lifestyle. She was really in it for me. And when, when things went bad for me, you know, she rolled up her sleeves and, and she started doing more cakes. She, her business really ended up she started paying bills like, like she never paid before, started paying bills, no complaint, started, you know, doing the food shopping, which she still do, does to this day. Yeah, that's true. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. So, Miriam, and talk about that. Fun. Talk about that from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, are seeing, I guess you, you both kind of had a plan financially as to what that looked like. And from the sounds of things, it was pretty dependent on Emmanuel's, on Emmanuel's path because you were starting your own business and trying not to take the pressure at that time. How was that news for you where, number one, Emmanuel had lost his job, you had a kid, there was another one on the way. Like, what was going through your mind at the time? Because this is really that expectation versus reality conversation, right? Um, In your mind, you're under stress, isn't it? Because you're thinking, how are we going to get through things? But you can't put, if you're stressed, he's stressed. So there's no point in adding stress onto him. Do you know what I mean? It's just more about, okay, um, what what can we do to solve the problem? Because complaining about it doesn't solve the problem. And I'm lucky that Cakes was there and Cakes, the order started coming in more for me for me to be able to contribute. And at the same time, number one, like he said, I married him for him. I didn't marry him for his money. I didn't marry him for what he could do for me. I married him for how he treated me, how he responded to me, how he, how I knew he would be as a father of our kids. So money or not money, that person is still there. So me acting in a different way because all of a sudden we don't have money, it doesn't make any sense. So for me, it was just more of supporting him, building him up, trying to see, okay, what can we do? How can I help you in this program, um, in this process? Because Emmanuel, if one thing is Emmanuel, he's employable. Do you know what I mean? So we're just like, okay, how can I help you do what you need to do until you get another job? And that was just basically what, I thought I had to do and then eventually he got a job and you know yeah it's been cool and so Emmanuel can keep a check basically that, that was the one guarantee <laughs> but I think what I'd learned like now when I preach to people about you know the um the kind of false reality of employment and having multiple streams of income I always tell people it's because I've been there I was I was living that and I, I was living that full sense of security having one income thinking you know I'll just rise up in the bank and, you know, everything's sweet. But one day they said, listen, big man, we don't, we don't need you anymore. It's, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? They will just give you, it's not personal. They don't care that I've got a second child on the way. And that was my wake up call. And that's why now I preach it so others don't have to go through it. Like now you know that that's a possibility. Open your eyes, get control of your finances and look at how you can use that money as a tool to make you money so that if they say, yo, big man, we don't need you anymore, it's okay. You've got other income. So you can afford to take a lower paying job because you have other income elsewhere until things get better and then you can you can work your way back up. I didn't have that at that time. Yeah, I had a family resting on my head. And that was that was the wake-up call for me to ne- make sure that never happened again. And you know what's the like hidden gem in that story? Is having a skill that you can sell outside of your primary employment. Because Mimi didn't need, from what I'm, from what I'm hearing, Mimi, you never needed anyone to, to sign your pay slips. You just went out there and made these cakes. You mm-hmm. found people who needed cakes. You did the WhatsApp promotion or the Instagram or whatever mm-hmm. it was, like, like hugging the auntie at church, like, oh, happy 60th, kind of make your cake type situation. <laughs> all of that, and that's all stuff you can do off your own back. So that, so that really is that. That's really the hidden gem in there. But I feel like something that probably comes naturally to you guys that a lot of people will benefit from when it comes to this, this couple as a dynamic, when it comes to money, is understanding your communication. Um, when we were prepping for this, you guys always said you spoke about money, but how did that become a culture in you guys' relationship? What, what were you thinking? I was like, let's talk about this money from the beginning. Um, I think, I don't know, Emmanuel was very open about money. Like when we first met, 
And the thing is, when I met Emmanuel, I didn't really, I didn't know he had money. Do you know what I mean? I didn't even know he had a nice car. I remember when I first saw his car, I was like, oh, okay, nice, do you know what I mean, kind of thing. And then, but when we got together as a couple, we always spoke about money, always. I don't know why, we just always, we were very open with each other about everything. So I guess money was just one of those things that we like, we would speak about. And when we got married, the same thing, nothing. He knew what I made, I know what he made, and we pulled our money together especially when things were hard to pay bills and that's how it had to be because there's no point in hiding and we we did we came from a place of no debt i think right mm-hmm. we didn't really have any debt as well so we could you can't hide it and i think obviously going back to our marriage counseling they told us you had to be honest if you had it say it out loud and let's let, deal with it from early on so yeah yeah i think it's, it's, it was the openness, I think, to be honest, it started with Miriam. I'm an open guy, anyway. Like, I'll meet you at the bus stop. I'll tell you, I ain't got nothing to hide. I just, I just, I'm just a, a sharer unnecessarily, as as my wife always tells me. You're saying too much. Do you know what I mean? I get the looks and the nudges. You talk too much. But I think Miriam had had something that you know, quite a family situation going on that was very private. But before we got to, before we even started to even you know think about dating or whatever, she shared it with me. And that made me realise that, you know, if you can do that, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be open and honest and I'm going to share everything with you. Now, for me, I'm a man that not just communication, but everything. So Miriam, Miriam always had the, the you know, that she I attached her to all my accounts. I made sure that she could. I always wanted to make sure she felt comfortable, even though I was making the majority of the money. I wanted to, I've always wanted to make sure that she feels comfortable. She can see the money. She can see where it's going. We're accountable. We're a team. There's no, oh, because I've made this, this is mine. And then what you make is yours. And then we've got this one account. Like, I don't, and I'm not dissing anyone that does that. That's, that's your thing. But for me, I felt like I've, I've, I've come from a place of seeing people, like, you know, African men that have held their wives to ransom because they don't drive, they don't work, they don't like, do you know what I mean? And so they feel that they can get away with doing whatever. And I wanted to make sure Miriam never saw that. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, it wasn't just communication by mouth, but communication in the fact that I trust you. Here's here's my my pin to my phone. Like she's always had that. Always had that. Like that's that's nothing to hide there. You can go in my phone. She never does, but you, you can if you want to. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you know having the access to all this other stuff is so it's communication is one thing but i think action is so much more important okay you guys are definitely relationship goals and before you put any other people's relationships under pressure <laughs> i think because some people's heads are hot the pin code the pin code um, <laughs> um before 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 we go any further i think it's important to sort of balance this equation a bit so talk to me about a time where you guys have got the money wrong or maybe sometimes there was a bit of contention between you guys on how the money should be allocated on special occasions and <clears throat> cough cough hin hin i'm looking at you Miriam. yes tell um, them <laughs> tell the people I, I think the one time we do complain about money is not we not me okay when <laughs> there's a contention about money for kids birthday parties um we throw birthday pies for one for our kids, all four kids, at one five, and obviously the next one they get to ten. And Emmanuel was always like, "Why do you have to spend so much money on their birthday parties and stuff?" And I always have a budget, and I'm lucky that I know people in the industry, so I get discount and stuff. And obviously, um, a lot of things I can do myself. But he just feels like I spend too much money on their birthdays, and I feel like I don't spend enough as some people I know do. But he just always like, oh, you're spending too much money. But I start planning like nine months before. If I know that there's a big birthday coming, I have a budget set and I start saving so that by the time I get there, I have all the money ready to pay for things. So, yeah. Well, okay. Let's put some context on this. For uh, for a one-year-old's birthday, what are the settings? Um, we get a caterer. I can cook, but it's just long. Like I've done it before and it was just too much work. So now we get someone who caters for us. Obviously, drinks, DJ slash entertainer. Um, how, how big is the hall? Bouncy castle. Entertainer, sorry. What's what do you mean by entertainer? Is that like just entertain for kids for like a couple hours? Okay, so like a clown or some a bubble, some balloon, yeah, bubble balloons, games, 
all that kind of stuff. Then we have like a bouncy castle. Indoor bouncy castle. Um, I think once we had a hot dog machine, popcorn machine, candy floss machine. Okay. Okay. Table, treat table. Obviously, I make the cake. Balloon arch. Balloon arch. Sorry, I forgot about the balloon arch. (laughs) Backdrops. You know, we kind of go all out. How big big was the hall, by the way? Because you never answered that question. Um, Like a, a small gym. So what? That's what two hundred people was on. It could it could easily fit could. over hundred people. Over hundred people. How many people she arrive? Thankfully, bro, there's bare space. But <laughs> <laughs> that's for that's for the decorations of the bouncy that's castle. Right? The bouncy castle. The bouncy castle's taking half the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. This this Ask is about Christmas. Ask about Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look, okay, I will admit, right? I do spoil our kids, but then obviously, from our background, we never really got a lot of things for Christmas. And look how we turned out. We turned out all right. Yeah, but it's different now. Okay, okay. I think we've given the people enough for the first half of this episode. We understood that you guys, you guys have been on a journey together, and overwhelmingly, it starts off with actually laying the foundations which you guys were blessed to have marriage counseling and had the opportunity for from good people with marriage counseling a lot of people do marriage counseling and just chat nonsense but you sound like you you got that set nice and early and the foundation of your relationships were laid early and then when challenges came you already had a kind of the muscle memory and the openness within a relationship to actually go and tackle that when expectations didn't meet reality and you were both willing to muck in which is the lessons i'm 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 listing this stuff out so everyone can catch up with a pen and paper because we've been talking. We've been talking because there's a lot in here. There's a lot in here. And all of that led to you guys being able to plan as a couple and weather the storms. But that doesn't mean you always you haven't you always agree or you always make the same sort of choices. But Miriam said it. She wants to spoil the kids for their significant birthdays. So one, five, and ten are, are the ones you're you've done and you're working towards. But that's a bit of a compromise so it's not every year you're not blowing up every birthday so it's one five ten but also there's a budget it's saved for so all of these things come together to say that as much as you don't have to be 100 on the same page there's a way to make two pages fit together nicely so after the break, we're going to be talking about how you handle the money once you have kids and how that expands and the challenges associated with that so stay tuned, keep your pen and paper ready, and you're going to see me and the Asukos in a sec. You may not know this, but we have a Patreon page. Patreon is a platform that makes it super easy for people to support creators. Here at Black Millennial Money, our mission is to reach millions of people around the world with life-changing financial information, and you can be part of that. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Black Millennial Money, or click the link in the description to sign up and start supporting us today. So we are back and this episode, we're talking about spending money. We're talking about love, money, and family, and all the different dynamics that go into it. In the first half of this episode, we were talking about you as a couple, the relationship that you guys have, and the challenges that you have, and the things that you may need in your relationship in order to be able to navigate your finances together as a couple. In this part of the episode, we're talking about once you have sort of stabilized yourself as a couple, and then you introduce those extra people, you know, those... Those, those tiny humans and the dynamic that they create. So um, we're here with the Osukos, Miriam and Emmanuel. And my first question to you guys is you guys got four kids. So this, uh, this is like a certified question for you guys. And f- for those of you who don't know, they're aged between nine and one, correct? Yeah. Nine and one. How expensive are kids really? Like, tell me, <laughs> what's the deal? <laughs> kids are, um, th- yeah, they, they come with a price tag. I'm not even going to lie. Like, they're very expensive. Very, very. Like, I remember once trying to put them in nursery and they told me it will cost me £50 a day per child. And then I think when we... <laughs> When we worked out how much for the month, it was close to like four thousand pounds or something like that, and I was just like, "Nah, I'll just stay at home and look after them. It's fine." <laughs> it's... Fifty pounds a we day. Had two, then yeah, fifty pounds a day to put them in nursery. So yeah, that was just that's just nursery alone. That doesn't 
talk about feeding, clothing them. It's just, mm. yeah. Wow. No, because I'm just stunned because I, I've only ever heard the monthly rate. I've never actually decided to divide it by the day, but they, with their whole chest, said 50 pounds. Days, so they have to tell you the day rate in case you didn't want every day. You only wanted like two days a week or one day a week and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you were already at home with the cake business. Yeah. So that was, it kind of made sense for you, I guess, to, to, to do that. Okay. So in terms, in terms of the budget, like, how much do you budget per quarter for the kids at the moment? Just on clothes, about 500. Just on clothes. Yeah, we have to change their clothes. <laughs> Why do you look so shocked? No, it's because, it's because these numbers... <laughs> I'm trying to think, how many, how many days work is 500 pounds after tax? And then how... And that's just clothes. Yeah. And there's four and of that's them. That's clothes bought on, like, sale on discount. So that's not, like, if I was to go out and spend on full price. But I don't ever spend things at full price. So, yeah. Okay. So, me, so Mimi, you're the bargain hunter in this situation is what I'm understanding. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about a situation where you've got a deal. Like, what, like what's the lengths that you're willing to go to to get a deal? Um, I used to wake up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning to queue at the next sale to get in for, like, 6 in the morning so that's like I know the, the times I've gone with heavily pregnant the times I've gone with a newborn on me um I had her in like wrapped up in a sling and underneath my jacket and stuff so yeah she just slept through the whole process so, at four in the morning yeah and okay I'll wake up and call me and be like where are you I can't believe you went and I'm like I'm coming home now so, <laughs> so, so wait you slept through the whole thing <laughs> Bro, I've told her not to do the thing <laughs> We're big people. We can order online. Money's not that tight. The girls, the girls woke up to do the thing. Like, what kind of? Literally, I've woke up and the bed is empty. I'm like, where is this? Where is she? I've called her. She's already. Yeah, I'm just getting. I'm just coming back now. I've got my bags. I'm putting it into Uber. Coming. But I guess that's perspective for you. When kids are actually that expensive on that fifty pound a day rate for someone else to look after them, then plus the kid. Sorry, I'm still trying to understand this £500 a quarter clothing budget because in my in my childhood, whatever the oldest one wore, everybody wore. So, yeah. See, before it started out like that, and then when you have kids that have their own opinion, which our kids very much have their own opinion, it stops being, we don't want to look alike, we want to be individual. And I should be individual. So, so there are things that you will hand down. There are some, but, but, like, you know, there are, like, a school shirt is a school shirt. Yeah. Like, we don't need to be buying that, like, do you know what I mean? But when it's, like, going out clothes and stuff like that, you know, they want to wear their own stuff. They want to have their own stuff. And that's it's a budget. It doesn't necessarily mean that she, ha- that she spends spend yeah. every single month, but we have to budget for it. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't do. They don't budget for it. So for us, we, she might budget 500 for the quarter. If she only spends three, 300 or 350, I always say, look, anything you don't spend, we can then put into their, their child savings account. So you're actually saving, it's actually for them. So, so now she's now got that whole motivation of, okay, if the cheaper I can get it, the more I can save from it, the more I can save for my children and put away for my children. So, yeah. Okay, okay. So you kind of gamified the situation there. That's, that's actually a really smart strategy where, okay, we've allocated this amount of money and if we don't spend it all, we can still put it towards the long-term. You know what? I feel like I'm real smart because I do something like that for myself because I've got a thing with chicken wings. Like, I live in Tottenham and we got some deli- we got some chicken wing delicacies in around here. And I'm always thinking, am I really about to pull out £10 to get six wings? Because none of these places take card in it, none of them. So I had a conversation with myself. If you're going to pull out this money, whatever the change is, as soon as you leave your front door, it goes into the savings tin. It goes into the savings. So £5, £9, whatever it is. Now, the question is, do I... In my mind, am I really going to pay £10 for the six pieces of chicken and chip? I mean, these six wings. And the answer is yes. Very often I do do that. But it's, it, it goes towards my long-term future. I realise I'll be sitting around with loose change in the house and I'll be at a chicken shop daily. Twice a day sometimes. And that was mad. So, yeah. It's good to see that we're doing a similar thing with our finances. But you guys are doing it for kids, which is much more important than my chicken and chips budget. But we move. Um, so... When it comes to those deals, do those deals apply to Christmas? Because you guys mentioned Christmas a little bit for, beforehand. And Mimi, apparently you go yeah, really I, far for Christmas. I will buy Christmas presents in January sales and keep them under my bed for the next year. I will buy wrapping paper for 10p in January. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you you plan Christmas twelve months in advance, basically. Hundred percent. Yeah, four kids. Uh, like. She sees like obviously if she wants to buy them clothes, she'll buy things off like in the summer sale, wrap it up under the tree. She she buys things all the throughout the year. Anything she sees on sale and she thinks the kids, she'll then buy it and then put it away. And then this is why come Christmas. <laughs> We've got more presents than treat the, the tree is packed. The treasures is you can't even put them all under. Now the whole living room is covered in presents. I said, listen, in my day, we got one present each and then one for us all to share. This was this was this was Christmas and we were happy. Like the thing he complains there, but the kids like when he's when he sees the kids' reactions on Christmas Day, he'll be like, Okay, it was worth it. It was worth it. No, so. obviously, that's just <laughs> emotional. That's that's an emotional thing. When you when you when you haven't had to see your kids, obviously, it's that it's that beautiful. You see the joy on their face. But for me, I'm very conscious of the fact that me not having helps the character that I am today. And so we have to be careful in the balance between giving our kids all the things we didn't have and spoiling them and them not having the character that we do have. Yeah, because we had this conversation before where it's like we are sometimes in our mind, we still feel like we live in that council flat with too many people. But the reality of it is wherever you drive now, your kids drive as well. Like if you're <laughs> it's not the same 2002 Volvo that you that you had to struggle through or yeah. even like if you drive a BMW now, if you drive a Ford Focus, they live Ford Focus BMW life. Like if you've got laminate flooring, I remember when I got laminate flooring in my house, it was like a movie. <laughs> but now if you've got laminate, your kids have laminate. You got you I had the TV with the big back until maybe Buff, don't get me started. I'm not I'm not Don't get me started. We had the TV with the big back till twenty nineteen. Wow. Till twenty nineteen, bro. Bro. And it's only because the thing broke and the screen was going yellow that it got changed. Bro. So, I know. Then, bro, imagine yeah. we had Nintendo, yeah? <laughs> Nintendo on a black and white television, bro. <laughs> I did that as well. I kind of struggle. The thing is in color. Imagine <laughs> even realize the thing was in color until we got a new TV and saw that that's when we started we were playing Mario and it was, on a, it was a shock to us. These kids don't know about buying TV from a car boot sale. They don't know about blowing the cartridge to make the thing work. And how about how about when we first got it, before they put on a black and white TV in our room, they put it, they, they, we, we had it in the living room and you could only play in the living room when they, when they said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that was the only TV in the house. Well, talking about kids and our experience and their experience, um, how do you talk to the kids about money now? Like, how does that, how does that work? Because I can understand that balance you're trying to create with, like, you had nothing under the Christmas tree or you had a jumper and that was it. But to now it sounds like Mimi's doing, um, what's that? Doing home alone trees and with 42 presents underneath. <laughs> oh, come on, it's never that bad. It's close. It's not. It looks like it. Oh my Does each God. person have more than one present? Yes. Yeah. Does each person have more than two presents? Yes. Yes. Okay, but with all of that, with this new lifestyle, the new settings that you have, how do you actually talk to the kids about money? Um, they know that we work hard. Like they see, obviously, they physically see me working, so they know that money comes from mommy making cakes. And if mommy doesn't make cakes, no money's made. So they understand the aspects, and obviously, they see Emmanuel what he does, being on the TV meetings all the time. So they know that daddy works to make money, but at the same time, Emmanuel does a lot more of the mindset thinking of money as well with them so they grow up thinking about what's that thing you always say um value value yeah so he always talks about the value about being valuable as opposed to money being the thing that makes the world go around basically okay but when when you're having those conversations what's it like Emmanuel because my mindset and money for a nine-year-old is is different to what you're talking about on IG yeah no definitely but I think I think what, what what it is is about him understanding or them understanding both of them, especially you know, Ethan and uh, Ethan and Malachi, the two oldest boys, is them understanding that you know, yes, you might want to buy something, yes, you want to have money and and you want to use it to buy something, but also, like, what are you doing to add value to yourself? So don't focus on the money that I can give you because if you focus on the money I give you, you're always going to need me. 
What I want you to do is be in a position where you have skills and you could create money for yourself. And then any money I give you is a bonus. And so it's about that, but then also about giving back and understanding that, you know, um, they are in a privileged position. Like we never grew up with all this. So actually when you get money, some of that has to go to charity. You have, there's, an, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a joy and, and there's a certain gratification that you can't get from buying stuff when you, can, when you can know I've got what I need and I can give something to someone else and benefit their life. And what the thing that I can afford to give away to someone that is priceless, that is, is life-changing. And so we, ha- we get them to pick charities um, that they want to use. We're going we're to change the ones because, you know, with whole Black Lives Matter and so forth, we want to try and look at more Black charities that we can in- introduce them to as opposed to, you know, like Save the Children and Bernardo's and the kind of children charities that we've, like Children in Need and these type of charities that they've done before. What we want to do now is, you know, add in some Black charities um, as well or Black organisations that they can, they can give to. But understand there's an importance in giving back because you're in a privileged position. And to me, that helps character. Then also, you know, they do not just money, martial arts. They do acting, um, like drama classes. They do, um, we, wanted, we wanted them to do computing in regards to learning how to code and, and stuff like that. But that's been stopped because of COVID. But once that's, those classes are allowed, you know, we want to get back out there and get them understanding that these qualities and these skills will bring money to them that daddy doesn't need to give you. Okay, okay. Okay, so there's a, there's a bit of a blueprint there, trying to shape the person to go and acquire the money rather than giving the money in that situation. But <clears throat> kids are kids, right? And as parents, do you feel a little bit of like social pressure to keep up with the Joneses? Because like that future boy's kid a Rolex, right? I don't know if that's if that's quite what you or you guys are trying to do. But at the same time. Um, like Mimi, you mentioned that what other people are doing for their kids' birthdays isn't what you're spending. So do you, f- do you feel that kind of pressure when it comes to giving them that life? Not really, because we budget about everything. So whatever your budget, whatever our budget allows us to spend, that's what we'll spend. And the kids, I think the kids kind of know. Like they might come and ask for 100 million things, but when it comes to Christmas, yes, we might buy, we might, it might seem like a lot, but it's things that I know that they will play with and they will appreciate. I just don't buy them any toy trust me they will come and say they just watched the advert on tv and they want that that doesn't wash but if i know that they really 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 will play with it then i will i will make the investment and spend but we don't play the keeping up with the joneses no not at all um you know the designer clothes i think they they do wear you know designer brands but you know, we don't define designer brands because I'm here in Dior, but you might mean oh, Adidas. No, if I even, <laughs> you almost when you slap this laptop, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what you're. <laughs> Listen, we're talking Nike, Adidas, Prima. What other? Yes. When we were kids, what else are you? Got? You understand? These are these are the only designers that I grew up with. I didn't even know Dior and Prada and all these things no. till I was an adult. As a child, all I wanted was Nike and Adidas, and I never got it anyway. I was wearing Ari Bass and, and all of these other... Do you remember the four-stripe tracksuit with no name? Four-stripe, oh, my. <laughs> and the buttons, kappa. And the buttons, yeah. oh, oh, I used to get ripped. And the shoes on, the train, the shoes for school. The hard air bubble, like, the bubble doesn't... Do <laughs> oh, my goodness, I've got, I've got it. So, for me, like, they, they do wear, like, those type of brands. But Miriam is so good. Like she'll go on, you know, Nike when they're on they're on the sale. So she's got the she got the mm. emails. So she gets the email when they go on sale. So she's buying these trainers for like five pounds, like six pounds. So and and if the Nike is too expensive, she'll go to the Adidas. If the Adidas is too expensive, she'll go to the Puma. These kids are not. You think my kids can say, "Oh, we only wear Nike." I will slap your lips. You wear what you're bought, and 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 they know. They they don't complain and, and they know that they that they that what they can do they, they will try and they can ask but when it's no there's no tantrum because yeah. no one's no one's answering to that and I think we have to understand that we are the parents and we we can't be governed by cry or tear or tantrum and sometimes I feel like because we just want to make our kids happy and we don't want to see them cry or we just buy stuff and once they know that they're gonna do it all the time listen you can cry when you finish crying just go to your bed. Okay, so pester power doesn't work in the sequel household. Oh, wait. Okay, okay. It's just a flat no. <laughs> so I feel like, Miriam, you got some hacks. I feel like you've got the cheat code to how we can, we can all, not just when it comes to kids, but generally speaking, save some money in this life. 
So um, <clears throat> talk about the shopping hacks. So with all the baby clothes, there's no there's no babies left in the house, right? A one year old isn't a baby, but not a baby. Uh, what happens there? So with all the kids, we always, I always kept their clothes because I always knew I was going to have more kids. So I'd always kept the nice stuff, whatever was left that was in good condition, I would sell it. The other stuff would just go to charity. Um, and I as well would buy, because people sell new clothes on eBay as well for a fraction of the price. I would buy new clothes on eBay as well and it would save me some pretty coins. And you have to realise kids growing up so quickly, you don't need to spend a huge amount of money just to be left with bags of clothes are they after they've outgrown it another thing i i do is i collect all my tesco points for the year um and i use that to to go to shop for like them for christmas so it reduces how much money i spend and i think my biggest one was i bought a nintendo switch and i think i paid a hundred pounds after i'd used all my tesco points to buy the switch so yeah wait hold on so there's there's a couple of things there. So the eBay piece, mm-hmm. people are, are how are people selling these clothes are they? Just, is it just like this is a onesie or is it like a picture? Um, and they'll just say this is new with tags and new without tags. And like I said, it's normally at a discounted price. And then you even put a bid on it, and then if you win, it's yours. Okay. And, and then you bags as well. Oh, yeah. sorry, they do bundles as There's well. There's bundles that like, you can do like magic, like not magic, but like secret potluck. So you can just buy a bundle. <laughs> And then there's just bare stuff in there, and you just yeah. open it, and you know sometimes it'll be really good, sometimes it'll be okay, but most of the time, you know, you're paying like what two, three pounds, yeah, and then you're getting a whole bag of of, of clothes yeah. that you can potentially use. So. Is it like a black bag, a carrier bag of? Well, it comes obviously they have, they have to make it look nicer, but it's all wrapped up because obviously it gets posted, so it's all wrapped up in that. Black okay, bag. yeah. So yeah. But the main thing, yeah. Yeah, I do the same thing as well, but I always try and make mine look a bit nicer because I want people to spend more money on my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a whole bag of kids' clothes for like two, three pound, major key. But then you said you bought. Tesco club card points. Are we talking about because I've never ever seen anything other than a sixty-seven p voucher for me to go and buy milk. How yeah. do you get enough points to buy a Nintendo Switch, obviously, which I'm sure retails for what three fifty, something like that, four hundred? Yeah, like so obviously, but I, I'm smart about it as well because obviously I shop with Tesco. We do our shopping with Tesco, and I do a lot of cake shopping with Tesco, so it helps my points build up. Number one, number two, I wait for Black Friday because everything is discounted even more on Black Friday. So I save up all my points Friday. Yeah, don't spend it, don't touch it. And then Black Friday, I think, okay, this is what I want. And then I'll just head down to the Tesco nice and early. And I got a switch for, I think about, I think I paid a hundred pound cash after I'd taken off all my points. So that's another thing to do. And obviously Sainsbury's as well have points. And Sainsbury's at a certain point, closer to Christmas, they do triple points. So however much, points you have they'll triple it and then that converts obviously to cash and then you can use that as well to spend in shop okay that's another tip to use so racking up the points all right all right all right, all right. But also remember she does cakes so she's yeah. not doing the household shopping she's doing the cake shopping as well and so she's getting she's getting she's making money on other people's money actually another cheat code if you've, got comp- if you've got company expenses, yeah, 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 run it through and claim the points. Yeah, claim yeah. the points and claim it back on expenses, but mm-hmm. just make sure, like, like a lot of people do it with air miles. Yeah, yeah, miles. Exactly. yeah, yeah. That's probably how I'm going to try to pay for my honeymoon. So, um, stay tuned. There'll be a video on that. <laughs> but, um, okay. So, so Miriam, mm-hmm. rumor has it you learned how to fix a few things. Talk about. <laughs> Talk about some of the things you fixed in terms of... I was a baker, lockdown happened and my oven broke. So I went on good old Mr. Google and YouTube and I said, my oven's not working, what can I do? And they showed me what it could could possibly be. So I unscrewed the oven and obviously I turned off the electricity. I unscrewed the oven, um, found the part, bought the part, the part came. I took out the old part, installed the new part and my oven's working again. (laughs) Just like that, yeah. A couple YouTube videos and you're fixing the whole of <laughs> And then the same thing happened with our sink. Our sink broke. So I went again, went on YouTube, watched a couple of videos, went on, I think it was a screw fix, mm. ordered a new part, and then I fixed the sink as well during lockdown. So yeah, I'm quite handy. If I don't have to spend money, I don't normally do. Okay, there you have it, ladies and gents. There you have it. So, <laughs> to round out this half 
of this episode where we were talking about money and kids and the ways in which that you can use your finances. Kids are incredibly expensive. I'm, I'm, and I'm adding incredibly because the idea of paying fifty pound a day to put my kid in childcare means I'm no, working from cheap. home. That's cheap. That's yeah. cheap, bro. Trust me, that's not even a sense. And that's before food and clothing. So yeah. The summary really is budget for as much as possible. Try and spend, I try, I try and try and be savvy in the way you approach it. So put aside some money. And if you don't spend it all, put that money towards something even better, like their long-term savings plan. And then talking to your kids about money is not just about saying, oh, we haven't got it, which is what a lot of us got in our generation. Or why are you, why are you always asking me for money? Um, those kind of conversations. It's more about focusing on, sharpening the person around their ideals beliefs and ability to go and earn money and then last but not least these financial hacks in summary youtube is your friend fix it yourself i'm painting my new flat by myself i didn't want to but i will um and shopping hacks anything you don't need get it on ebay get it on ebay buy from ebay and those points any way you can rack them up rack them up and make sure you can spend them right After the break, we're going to give you the quick tip and the next steps that you can use straight after this episode. So stay tuned and we'll see you in a minute. If you have any questions or dilemmas that you'd like to have featured on our podcast or on our YouTube channel, go to blackmillennialmoney.com, click the contact page and send it to us. Names will be changed or kept anonymous unless you say otherwise. So we are back and we are in a final part of this episode and we've been talking about love, money and family. So Mimi... What is the quick tip for this week that's going to help everyone figure out what they're doing with their family, their loved ones, and so forth? My quick tip is to budget. Budget for everything. Literally, budget for everything. Um, you shouldn't have any surprises at the end of the month if you have a budget. Like, even the smallest direct debit should be on your budget. Like, my smallest direct debit, I think, is £3.50 for a printer. And that's, that's on the budget as well. So you're never shocked shocked at the end of the month. And plan things. If you're having kids, parties, plan two, three months in ahead. And so you have all the money ready to go when the event, before the event happens. So that's my quick tip, just budget. Okay. It sounds like a boring one, but it's the most useful quick tip you could possibly ever get. Never be surprised by your finances. A direct debit that you set up, that you signed up for, should not blow up your life. Your kid's birthday, which is the same time every year, your anniversary, same time every year, mum's 60th has been coming your entire life. You shouldn't be surprised when it happens. So make sure you've got stuff in place well in advance. So on to the next steps. So what are the three things that everyone listening right now should do after listening? So the second you take off your headphones or stop the car or turn me off the TV if you're watching me on YouTube, what are the next three, what are the three next steps everyone should be taking, guys? Um, I think what's important is that if you're single, understand how much it costs to be you. But if you're, if you're in a relationship, how much does it cost to be us? Like, what, does that, what does that look like? How, how much do we need uh, together to live the lifestyle that we want to live and and how who's how are we going to contribute to that how does how what's our dynamic um i think you know like we said one of the big things that helped us was being open and having discussions about about money and if you're if you're on if you're single then you know understand yourself and understand your your situation the best way possible if you're um in a relationship or, or married then really have the those those conversations and understand how much does it cost to be us how much does this, this dynamic costing and how important it is to know your, your your numbers and and what you're working with yeah definitely and i feel like you don't want like when you get to the point of marriage you don't want to be shocked if your spouse has a lot of debt and you didn't find you found out after the fact for now you both have to work to paying off this debt so communication yeah is definitely very important mm-hmm. and the second step yeah i think set family goals yeah i think one thing that you know before we even had kids we we had goals that we wanted to achieve and then as we've had children, you know, we've had to, some of those goals have had to be changed. Like some of those goals have had to be put back and, you know, new priorities have had to come up and, and so forth. But we have goals. We're not just going through life, seeing how it, how things happen. Like yeah. we're actually trying to make things happen. We're working towards something. And when we have to make a change, we'll make that adjustment, but we'll still know that we're on track to where we're trying to get to. And so I think it's really important. And, and to set goals, I think it's important to know your why. And I think I had my why and I think Miriam had, had her why, but I think we've come together and we've got 
a why as a family, a why as a as a couple. Why do we do what we do? And you know, whenever ego plays, and when we're talking ego, it's probably me that that we're talking to. You know, whenever the ego plays, and whenever I wanna, I wanna, you know, make a million or do whatever. You know, Miriam will just give me that. Hey, hey, what? What? Why? And then I will wake up. Do you know what I mean? I'll wake up and understand that, you know, yes, the world will boost you. Yes, you know, you'll see people doing stuff. Yes, but is that your why? And I, and a good example was, you know, before lockdown, I was doing amazing in, in business. Like I was getting books. You used to even message me, Joseph, and say, Ra, are you at every event? I see you on every flyer. Like, do you know what I mean? I was, I was there. And, and, and we had to have a conversation. And actually, you know, it's ego. That's not, what, that's not my why. That, my, my wife to be with my kids and my family and, and to be an active parent and, and father. And so me being at every event was not in accordance with my wife. It just felt good because I knew when I go there, I'm going to smash it. And I knew it and, I, and, 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 and enjoyed the adulation and the money and, and the clients and all of that. That's, that's great. But that's not my wife. And I think that it's really important not just to have goals, but to have your wife. Okay. And what's the final step? What's the final thing people should do? As oh, start planning. I, I guess for, it's easy to say, but I'm a planner. I plan everything. Like I literally plan. If I know something, I want to get something done, I would plan and work steps backwards and say, okay, this is what I need to do to get to where I need to be. So plan. If you can plan as far ahead as possible. Um, I know we didn't plan our kids, but some people do plan. And if you're going to plan when you want to have kids, you can plan how much money it's going to cost you to buy everything. You can plan everything it might be a tedious task but it helps you in the long run so yeah i think that's yeah those are the steps okay so um the next step just to put a nice little summary on that is first and foremost find out how much it costs to be you as an individual then find out how much it costs to be you as a couple figure that out work out your numbers and be crystal clear on what that means and some of us may want to like right now i live on an amount of money that i don't necessarily enjoy my life on if i had to figure out how much it costs to be me i'm gonna put a maybe 20 30 percent on top of that because in reality i want to enjoy a little bit so being open and honest in that conversation then the second step is to set family goals and understand your clear why for you as individuals but also as a family why are you doing this what do you want to achieve what does this look like 20 years from now where do you need to be investing your time most effectively to be able to go forward because a lot of us unfortunately are going to be disappointed in the future 20 30 years ahead in time when we try and make a withdrawal from a bank account aka our family our children our relationship that we never put into now's the time to start deciding where you want to make those investments and what's really going to matter down the road and last but not least plan everything plan as far ahead as possible plan 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 and then have a contingency for the plan but don't be afraid to adapt the plan because things will happen. Life will get in the way. Unexpected things will come in. Things will cost more than it would have. But you know what? Because you had a budget, if something comes in £100 more expensive, you had the lion's share of the money anyway. At least you're not looking for the full amount. So those are the next steps from the sequels. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. You guys are definitely a relationship goals. And wow, when I grow up, I want to be like you guys. But where can the people find you? So we're going to start off with Miriam. We heard about the cake business. Where can people get in touch if they're trying to get a cake from you? Um, Instagram, Mimi to you cakes and my website, Mimi to you cakes.com. Okay. And that's the only place you can reach you. If there's another Mimi to you cakes on Twitter or on LinkedIn, it's not you. <laughs> there's only me. Okay. So Instagram and the website links will be in the show notes. And Emmanuel, Mr. E-Man Effects. Well, you know me, get... guys. Come on, man. You know where to find me. If you don't know where to find me, you know where to find me. Come on, man. You don't need to. <laughs> ah, he's been on TV a few times. He changed. He changed. Don't worry. For those of you who are listening for the first time, the links will be in the description on the show notes wherever you're listening. So if that's on YouTube, it'll be in the description. Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere else. And also, if you want to keep in touch with Black Millennial Money, like and subscribe wherever you're seeing my face or hearing my voice right now. And also head over to the website, blackmillennialmoney.com to access additional resources where we've got the budgets. We've got all sorts of tools that are going to help you either buy cars or get your money under control. In addition to that, if you haven't 
headed over to patreon.com forward slash black millennial money now is the time join the movement join the wave and help us on our mission to reach more people with this life-changing financial information thank you all for listening as always you can send your questions to us go over to black millennial money send us the dilemmas but keep keep listening stay tuned next week we're talking about making money so we spent some today we're going to be making it next week see you soon this is black millennial money this is black millennial money boy this is black millennial money